The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, Go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Generous God, may the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Inspirer. Amen. I thank God for my life. These lyrics were sung by the 
Music Corps Wounded Warrior Band in their cover of the song Chicken Fried by the Zac Brown Band during their performance on the evening of July 4th. The leads for the Wounded Warrior Band were perhaps unlike any of the other musicians or performers that evening in that they were probably the only ones up on stage who didn't originally set out to be professional performers. They found themselves on that stage because they had committed to engage in a conservatory level music re rehabilitation program as a core part of their recovery. The program itself had been founded by the composer and musician Andrew Bloom when he visited Walter Reed Army Medical Center back in 2007 and offered to work with the drummer who had lost his leg. In the past 12 years, the program has grown. The people in the program have not given up. The care and dedication that they have sowed in relationship over the years has led them and us to reap a bountiful harvest now. Their performance also speaks powerfully to our second reading from the sixth chapter of Galatians, itself the last chapter of the book, in which we hear about the literal and metaphorical scars we carry in our body whether visible or invisible. The cross is the means by which Paul wrote of how the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. Our lectionary selection actually leaves out the closing prayer found in the last two verses of the book. When Paul prays, from now on let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. It's a shocking prayer when livestock are branded, a claim of ownership is being made. What exactly were those marks of Jesus branded on Paul's body when God claimed ownership of him? Did he receive the literal Stigmata. Or was he speaking more metaphorically of the wounds he had sustained in the course of his life and ministry? Or was he speaking of the moral wounding of the heart? The moral wounds he had sustained from his actions as a persecutor of the church before that moment on the road to Damascus. In our baptism, we each specifically told that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. We are claimed as Christ's own by the anointing, by the sign of the cross on our foreheads. The cross itself, a sign and symbol of torture and death in the ancient world, has become for us the way by which we are marked and claimed for eternal life. Whatever losses we have suffered in our lives, these can be a marker for us that there is a larger claim that has already been made and that is still being made on our lives. Our soul and our very beings being claimed for the new creation that Paul writes of God bringing into our world. But there remains another wounded warrior in our readings this morning. And no, I'm not thinking of the author of our psalm who described how weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
I'm not thinking of that poet and author who praised God by saying, you restored my life as I was going down to the grave. No, the wounded warrior I am thinking of comes to us in our first reading. He was the commander of the army of the king of Aram, a man with a deep affection for the rivers of Damascus. And his name was Naaman. He was a powerful man. He knew how to play the game of politics. He knew how to pull the levers of power. Indeed, his extravagant gifts so immediately and fully indebted the king of Israel that the king of Israel feared that his inability to make an adequate response to this foreigner could result in an international incident. I can almost hear the king kvetching to his courtiers even now. Am I God to give death or life? that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. Naaman was so powerful that the text tells us that by him the Lord had granted victory to Aram. For perhaps obvious reasons, the text doesn't dwell on the fact that at least some of those victories in battle had come at Israel's expense. But the fact remains that a young Israelite woman had been taken captive in a raid and had been forced to serve as a handmaiden to Naaman's wife. Now this unnamed young woman, captured and put to work by the conquerors of Israel, had the audacity and the kindness to speak to Naaman's wife, the woman she had been enslaved to serve, with the prophetic promise that Naaman could be healed. If only my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. It's almost as if she had been praying for her conquerors. With all the money that Naaman offered to the king of Israel and then Elisha, one would hope that this young girl would have at least been given her freedom as a finder's fee of sorts for her referral. I'm sure she would have appreciated the gift as a starting point at the very least, but the text doesn't tell her if she received anything. I think Naaman was comfortable offering such a large sum, probably over $3 million today, because leprosy is a pernicious disease. Many sufferers across history were isolated into colonies because of the social stigma and society's fear of infection. And the Disease also manifests itself in some particularly painful ways because it is a disease that affects the nervous system. People lose their ability to feel in portions of their body. Without the ability to feel pain, people don't realize it when they've bashed a finger or toe. I usually don't think of it as a gift to be able to feel pain, but it can actually provide us with some helpful information information that points us toward our humanity and the areas of our body and our life that need our care and attention. It isn't always easy for me to reflect on the negative impacts of racism or sexism or tyranny, any form of injustice. It's quite painful, but it's important to hear the pains of our own body and the pains of our larger body of Christ because 
We need one another in this fight for healing and justice. A liver cannot say to a finger, I have no need of you. Whenever one part of the body is suffering, the whole body is in pain. And Naaman was a person in pain. Like many of us, he didn't want the prescribed treatment. He wanted the religious high of a miracle that he imagined taking place with the waving of hands and all the optics of a fireworks show. Wouldn't it be great if everything could be fixed with such a dramatic flourish? I know I've been guilty of wanting it at times myself, but the prescription given was no more and no less than Naaman immersing himself in the Jordan seven times. Prefiguring baptism for us Christians and pointing to our call to return again and again to the spiritual and literal source of our life. In the way of love, Bishop Curry invited us to spend some time in prayer with Scripture every day. It doesn't have to be a morning visit to dailyoffice.org. A friend of mine chose to read a psalm each day before spending some time in meditative silence. Another friend did his prayer on the subway. That was the time and place he had for individual prayers. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to the spiritual life. Our spiritual practices have to be specific to each of us and our individual life circumstances. But when I think of the music core musicians and how the miracle of rehabilitation in their lives happened in the dedication of showing up day after day, week after week for practice, Practice makes permanent, as it has been said, but I might have felt blessed by the show they put on, but the performance they offered was the fruit of hard work they had already done in their healing journey. It was the harvest gathered after a lot of sowing. It was not the source, that one performance was not the source of their healing. But I think Naaman, the wounded warrior, helps us understand Paul and the young girl and so many other wounded warriors in the spiritual life, singing the songs of faith in their own way. Maybe their spiritual woundedness can be a pointer to what spiritual transformation can be and involved. And in that story, it all began with the words of an unnamed Enslaved girl, if only my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, it would cure him of his leprosy. Amen.